What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tanner Dimling. The full-fledged, full-length podcast is back as NLL training camp starts up this weekend. Well, for most teams, it starts up this weekend. A little bit happened last week, but fact is the NLL season is about 30 days away. The full-fledged podcast is back. We'll be doing this all through most of this most of the year, maybe a few stoppages in there for uh, New Year's and things like that. But the full fledged podcast is back for the NLL season through the summer pro season, PLL, MLL, college, and all of that. We have got you covered here on the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Starting off this podcast. With some big news coming out of the NCAA today. We are recording this on Tuesday, October 29th. So, some big news dropping today. The NCAA has begun the process to allow athletes to profit off their image and likeness. Now, what does this mean? This means that the Board of Governors has unanimously voted to begin this process of exploring ways to allow athletes to profit off their own image and likeness while still maintaining the um, collegiate athletic experience is what is said. Now, this is obviously a big move for the NCAA. There are some guidelines that they have put in place for what has to, these rules have to be in, and they're giving, um, the board is asking all three divisions, Division One, Two, and Three, to develop any new rule changes immediately, but they cannot be any later than January of 2021. So this is going into effect in about a year's time, a year and a couple months' time. So 2021 is when this looks like it will officially go into effect. Uh, again, a couple principles that they've laid out that uh, need to be, these rules have to be in, but the uh, fact of the matter is NCAA athletes are going to soon be able to profit off their image and likeness. Now, how much of a leash do they have will depend on, I mean, I guess it would likely depend on the sport um, in terms of how much money they can make. And then also... No, they did say in this in this release the NCAA put out that the one of the things is like they can't get paid for the on field play. So this isn't like so you don't get paid for playing lacrosse. So you don't get paid for playing basketball. This is more so of brands being able to put guys in, uh, put players, athletes in commercials and endorse them and things like that. Much like what the California uh, Fair Pay to Play Act said, um, that was signed back earlier this month, almost a month ago, about three weeks ago now. Some other big news coming out of today. Sticking on the topic of college athletics, the number one junior ranked by Inside Lacrosse 
in the country. Andrew McAdoy has committed to Duke, midfielder out of St. Anthony's, New York on Long Island. Stud player. I've watched him. Uh, I got to watch him for the first time at the ESPN High School or the Geico High School lacrosse showcase. Was broadcast on ESPN last spring. The kid is it, it is is dominant. Um, just really able to do so many things. He's a midfielder. He can also play attack as well. Um, very very quick, speedy Dodger can can beat his matchup one on one almost every time. Just amazing, amazing lacrosse player, and uh, he joins three other teammates as Duke commits. Um, all the other three being seniors, most notably Brennan O'Neill, who's the number one senior ranked by inside lacrosse. Sticking on the topic of college lacrosse, as you know, if you've been listening to all of our uh, schedule preview podcasts, um, doing one for most of the bigger schools, done a couple of small schools as well. Um, but about 19, I believe, schedules have been released. The most, uh, the latest, yeah, 19 schedules have been released thus far out of 75. So quite a ways to go still. Um, the most recent being the Yale Bulldogs. They released their schedule on, well, they released it. They put out the press release and all that on Monday, I believe. They released actually published the schedule onto the website on Sunday. Moving to the NLL here, what we'll be talking about for the majority of this podcast until February, um, is the NLL season and some big news out of Buffalo today. So, as many of you know, John Tavares and Rich Kilgore, both legendary players for Buffalo, were co-head coaches for the Bandits last season, led them to an NLL finals appearance where they lost to the Calgary Roughnecks 2 to nothing in uh, 2-0 in the best of three series. That historic final game... Um, Now, coming into the 2020, 2019-2020 season, John Tavares will be the sole head coach. According to a release from the Bandits, uh, the team has decided to not renew Rich Kilgore's contract and are putting John Tavares behind the bench as the full-time sole head coach of the Buffalo Bandits. A little surprising that they did this, um, to be honest with you. you know, the system they had last year seemed to work very well, and obviously they got pretty far with it. Um, you know, At the beginning, I thought it was kind of interesting that they had the co-head coaching situation and all that, but it worked out fine, and they went to an NL Finals. John Tavares taking over as the head coach now. Um, sole head coach. Uh, Kilgore is no longer on the staff. 
And uh, general manager Steve Dietrich will join the coaching staff, uh, state general manager as well. Um, and obviously the defense. And Rusty Kruger remains as the Bandits' offensive coordinator. And Anthony Cosmo remains as the team's goalie coach. Um, the video and scout and Western scout remain the same as well. In a quote from Steve Dietrich um, in an interview on Bandits.com, he said, you know, about Tavares, his voice will carry a lot of weight in the locker room. Players look up to him and respect what he says. John Tavares, as you know, 23 years as a player with the Bandits, has been on the staff since 2016, has done a great job as a coach with the Bandits overall. And, you know, if there was going to be a coaching change in Buffalo, I probably would have expected Tavares to take that lead role, but Kilgore to stay as an assistant. So it does come as a surprise that Kilgore is no longer on the staff at all. No, I don't know exactly what transpired there, but got a new coaching alignment there in Buffalo. Also, I have received some news a few days ago that new um, New York Riptide goalie Angus Goodleaf has not been cleared to play this season, if you will remember, he had what was uh, diagnosed as a heat stroke over the summer playing in the President's Cup. Uh, had to be resuscitated on the floor. Um, and, you know, he probably is not ready to come back. Now, we don't know if he won't be back at all. There's some hope that he may be back for the end of the season. But as of right now, he has not been cleared to play, um, at least for the start of the season. So, in terms of a goalie situation there in New York, it appears that Alex Bouquet will be the starter, at least coming into camp, which starts this weekend and. We'll talk a little bit more about that down the road here. Bouquet, probably going to be the starter coming into camp. And I, I really don't know what they have. Um, let's pull the roster here. Outside of Bouquet, who the third guy is, um, if they have one yet. So on the roster right now, it just says Bouquet and Goodleaf. Goodleaf has been put on the physically unable to perform list and will not, I'll be out for the at least early part of the season. Not sure about the full part of the season yet, but that does probably bring up some concerns with... Um, With uh, the goalie situation there, obviously, 
having just one goaltender is not going to work. So they're going to be able to sign a backup out of camp. Um, but, you know, when you look at, uh, at Bouquet's performances over the years, he's still a younger goaltender. Um, they've not been as good as Goodleaf. And honestly, coming in, Goodleaf looked like the kind of front runner in this goalie race, if you want to call it that, in New York. So, you know, again, I mentioned, don't know who they have um, else on the roster as a goalie. But certainly a situation there in New York. According to the NLL website, they have David Mather on um, there as well. I believe the draft pick uh, out of this year. So probably the third guy there in Buffalo, but really don't know anything yet. We'll find out more um, coming out of training camp which is slated to start this weekend. And getting into training camp here, the Vancouver Warriors already started their training camp. And according to uh, the training camp report that uh, Brad Chowner wrote up for the Vancouver Warriors website, uh, defense was a premium there. And competition and intensity... Size and all of that. Um, you know, they, they brought in Tyson Rowe, who's a 6'10 defenseman, played for Team Team England in the World Championships. I really liked his game. I think he's going to do uh, just fine in the NLL. I think he, getting a big body like that back there is going to help them a lot. They also brought in a big-time trade, or I guess made a big-time trade last weekend, uh, last week prior to camp, to get Nick Billich from the Saskatchewan Rush. Uh, Billich, you know, is one of the premier defensemen in the league, I would say. He plays with a very... Um, he plays with that chip on his shoulder, that edge, a, a, a little grit to him that really makes him special. Um, he's won, I believe, I, I saw this somewhere, was like if you look at the, at the uh, Warriors defense, he's won more championships. I think he has three with uh, the Rush. He's won three championships. Eight-year veteran. He has three championships. Two, and I think the there was only two championships on the Vancouver defense. Um, I cannot remember who it was, but they've won two championships. So it was like he's won more championships than almost that entire than that entire defense combined. Um, and hey, he is a fantastic player. And that is a fantastic get for the Warriors. And for a team that struggled defensively last year, that is the one thing that I'm going to be looking for this season, especially early on, to see how Billich 
fits in there. And then see some of these other guys they've put in and brought in, how can they help this defense get better? Because I feel like last year they had the pieces in place. A lot of it was not playing disciplined lacrosse on the back end. And I remember there's, there's a picture. You can find it on Twitter or somewhere. I, I believe they, they had like five guys in the box or something. It, it was like four, three guys on the floor. You had more guys in the box than you did on the floor. And it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty crazy there. Uh, also should mention in the trade, well, it was technically a three-team deal, but they sent a 2022 second rounder to Saskatchewan for Billich, and they secured that pick earlier in the day to send Anthony Malcolm to New England. So, Billich comes into Vancouver, and that defense apparently looked very good in their first weekend of training camp. Now it's week week one of training camp. You don't want to overreact to that. But if they're, if they're bringing the intensity, bringing the energy and all that, good for them because they need that. That's a team that they won, what, four games last year, I believe? They were either the worst or second worst team in the league. They have the talent to do it. They just got to put it together. Now, other teams that will start their training camp this weekend, I believe everybody does. Saskatchewan, I know they do. They're in Saskatchewan. Um, New York does. They have a scrimmage, I believe, on Saturday. So we'll get to see that New York Riptide logo on the turf for the first time this season. Should be exciting up there on Long Island. And they had a... Uh, they had an open tryout last weekend, and uh, I believe uh, Reggie Thorpe has mentioned uh, somewhere. I can't believe what that was. Mentioned that they were bringing a couple guys from that tryout into training camp um, this weekend. So big weekend in the National Lacrosse League concerning training camps. All over the place, as mentioned, Vancouver started last weekend. Um, trying to find, here we go. The preseason schedule, it's a little, uh, it's a little light at the moment. Not every team, I don't think, has released the scrimmages in, in, in that yet, yet not. Um, but November 9th, in November 9th through the 23rd, we'll have scrimmages so that week in the 9th. Um, and I'm only going to read the ones that are open to the public that I know of right now. Toronto and Colorado. That one's in Toronto. Toronto, Rochester. That one's in Toronto on the 16th. Then Calgary and Colorado. That one's in, I believe. So Calgary, I think, is doing one weekend in Vancouver. And they're doing like a round robin thing with in Vancouver. Um, I don't have the dates on that yet. I believe it's the second or third weekend. This could uh, I know that Calgary one, Calgary versus Colorado is in Calgary, but I believe they do have another uh, scrimmage 
I think it's Calgary and Saskatchewan in Vancouver, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. Uh, then we have Toronto and Saskatchewan on November 23rd. So those are the only ones open to the public that I know of as, as of now. Rochester scrimmages New York on the 9th and Philadelphia on the 23rd. Those two scrimmages are both closed to the public, as mentioned. Um, no, New York does have that. Um, open. It's an open, I don't know what you would call it, black-white scrimmage, what you want to call it. Black-white scrimmage, teal-orange, I don't know what the colors of uh, practice pennies look like, but they have a team inner squad scrimmage coming up this weekend as part of their first weekend of training camp. That is it for this first episode. Not first episode, but first episode of this new lacrosse year of the Lacrosse Bucket podcast. As always, you can find us at lacrossebucket.com, at lacrossebucket on social media, my personal at Tanner underscore Demling. Next weekend, be breaking down the... Through the next three weeks, I'll be breaking down the uh, divisions in the NLL, going through some questions and a little preview of each team. Reminder, we have three divisions this year, North, East, and West. The playoff structure is slightly... It's not different, but how teams get in is slightly different as well. Be the top two teams from each division make it. Uh, this coming after... Halifax is coming in, moving from Rochester, New York expansion franchise, Rochester expansion franchise. It's going to be a good year of lacrosse in the National Lacrosse League. All gets underway on November 29th, which is just literally, as of recording this, one month away. The NOL is back again. Thanks for listening. LacrosseBucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season. Hey guys, forgot to put this in the ending of the episode, so I'm recording this uh, after recording the full episode. Uh, but we are going to have multiple guests on, trying to have a guest on every week as we move into the NLL and college and pro outfield season. As we move into what I call the full lacrosse calendar, trying to have uh, as many guests on as we can, at least one a week. So um, if you have any suggestions or would like to hear anyone on the podcast, please hit us up on social media or uh, you can email us lacrossebucket at gmail.com. Um, all the links to those things are down in the show notes as well. So again, thanks for listening. Just had to Add that in there. I forgot to mention it as we exited uh, recording the full podcast.